Welcome to the One Thought Away podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Pound, a mindset coach and manifestation expert, here to help you live more mindfully and soulfully while learning to connect to the magic of the universe. Each episode will provide you with insights into self-mastery to get the most out of life. I am so grateful you are here and thank you for listening. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you are having a beautiful day. And I just want to take a moment to send you so much love right now. Life always feels better when we feel love, when we feel connected to other people. So I'm sending you all the magical vibes through the airways right now. And today's mantra is awakening. So take a moment, say that to yourself, breathe it in, and just what comes to mind when you think of awakening? For me, it's a sense of openness, of excitement, of expansion, of unchartered territory. And this time in history feels like a really big moment of awakening for a lot of people who maybe before were not really conscious of what was really going on in their life, how they were feeling, and how they wanted to experience life day to day. And now they are taking this time to do just that. And this is something that I speak with today's guest, Amy Belair. Amy is an Akashic record reader as well as a 5D coach, and she explains what both of those things are in case those are new concepts to you. And really this idea of having a deep psychic awakening. And there's the thing about our spiritual journey is it's just that. It is a journey and some moments are so beautiful and sparkly and magical and heart opening. And at other times on our journey, we can be really, really triggered and really challenged, especially if you are just starting out. Know that it can feel like turbulence on a plane. However, when you're on the other side and you're just get really solid in who you are as an individual, there literally is nothing better in the world. I cannot even imagine going back to my life the way that it used to be. I guess it would almost be like returning to being a zombie, being on autopilot, doing the same thing. I never know what is going to happen every single day. And I kind of love that. It's really fun for the most part. And when I do have those challenges in life, which we all do, whether it be in business, whether it be in partnership or with my family, it's about how can you handle it? How can you manage and still be the best version of you? 
And I know that so many of us do get really triggered by the relationships in our lives. You know, we feel that we can't be fully expressed, whether it be in romantic relationships or with friendships or with our family, and that maybe people can't accept us as who we truly are. And all that all of us really want to do is feel loved and supported and seen. And so this is what I am going deep in in my sacred container, soul love. This is such a powerful place of transformation where I take you through all of the powerful tools that completely transformed my life from creating a sacred altar to creating boundaries to learning how to love myself through absolutely anything ups and downs rejections failures you name it I've experienced it, but through it all, I have just always maintained a really, really deep sense of self-love and joy, and that is exactly what I want for you because that's what you deserve, and life is so much better when we are able to just live from our heart, learn life's lessons with grace, release what isn't meant for us, Develop relationships that leave us feeling worthy, supported, and fulfilled. If this speaks to you, if this is something that you feel would really, really serve you, just reach out to me on Instagram at Michelle Pound. And I am so excited to be able to support you on your journey of deep self-love. Okay, so now let's get into today's episode. I hope you love it. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for today's guest. You guys are in for such a treat. I have Amy Belair here. Amy is an Akashic record reader. She also is an Akashic 5D coach. Don't worry, we're going to explain what all of this is. She's a mastermind sister of mine, and she just has the most profound, incredible knowledge and energy. Welcome, Amy, to the podcast. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, me too. I know it's going to be good. How about you? Tell the people a little bit more about yourself and what you are up to. Okay, so I'm a mom and a trained midwife, and I live in Ontario, Canada, like Michelle. And um, so I'm just a very spiritual person, and I started going through like a really intense spiritual and psychic awakening. I guess probably when I was 18, like probably when I was younger too, but that's when it really started to take front and center in my life. And it's really directed every single thing in my life since that point. But anybody who's been through a spiritual awakening understands that 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 can feel extremely turbulent and stressful and intense and make you feel like a, a total crazy person, an outsider. And it definitely makes people on the outside look at you and question your choices very much. 
So it's been me like the huge majority of my adult life thus far to really sort of like learn to roll with those um, waves of intense awakening as they continue to unfold and lean into it and really feel into my soul purpose and my gifts and the way that they want to express themselves in the world. And so um, currently right now, they want to come out through Akashic readings um, and 5D coaching, which is really the alt, the Akashic readings are one-off sessions and 5D coaching is more immersive, ongoing support. But the thing that is common between both of them is just um, helping people to uncover all the layers of like different blocks and limiting beliefs that they have going on, the ways that we've been really like subversively programmed and brainwashed um, systematically through our lives like for many generations to believe in our smallness and our insignificance, which is a total lie and to help like um, uncover the incredible power and beauty and creative potential that exists underneath all of that. Wow. Complete magic. Very to magic. say the least. <laughs> Um, I love that so much. And I know maybe some people might not have even heard of Akashic Records before. So would you mind explaining what exactly that is and how it's accessed? Yeah, for sure. So for me, the way um, my psyche translates it is as just a field of consciousness. It's like a vibrational field of consciousness um, that envelops all of us. And it kind of... To me, it kind of feels like a combination between a plasma and a mist. So it surrounds us like a mist, but it has sort of a plasma quality insofar as like every thought that we think and every emotion that we experience and certainly every choice we make and action we um, commit gets sort of imprinted in this field in this uh, that's where it feels like a plasma like one of those like things that you stick your thumbprint in and it like holds your thumbprint um and so an imprint stays and you can um connect with that imprint and glean information about it and so it lasts like it includes everything in this lifetime as well as in between lifetimes and other lifetimes that we've had um so it feels like it's just the perfect Google search for like our soul and whatever we're going through. Um, And it's very question directed. So it's kind of the same where if you were to like sit in front of your computer and pull up Google and you just wanted to find something interesting, you still have to word the question or create the question. If you just come and you're like, I just want general information, then you'll get something Like if you type general information into your Google search bar, you'll get something. It may or may not be relevant or interesting to you. But if you have a question that feels really alive and meaningful in you, that there's a lot of power behind it and willingness to receive whatever answer comes through, um, then it really brings up like juicy, deep information. It's super fun and interesting. Oh, I love that. Do you have any particular ways as how you phrase questions in order to kind of get more of those juicy, specific details that you might be looking for? I find that when um, the question is phrased in such a way that really acknowledges our agency, that brings out the best information. So for example, if somebody's 
asks me um, in an Akashic session, when will I meet my soulmate? It's like the information that comes through is like, well, when you align with this and that and clear this and that thing. Um, Whereas if you were to word it like, what is the next thing that I need to know to bring me closer to meeting my soulmate or something like that. Um, It just seems to bring out information that you can do something with rather than just like receiving an answer. Like sometimes I'll get a timeline answer for people. I'll feel like, oh, feels like, you know, maybe um, sometimes really specific. Like somebody asked me a question this morning and the answer was like February, 2022. (laughs) That's, That's pretty specific. But there's not much she can do until February 2022. So like that's more of a passive answer. But the really juicy ones are ones that we can like do something with from here. And then Mm. also it's kind of sometimes we just have to work on finessing the question to find what the person really actually wants to know. So a lot of people come in and ask me about what their sole purpose is. Um, But sole purpose is a different thing from career, Um, although they... They interweave in a lot of ways, but a lot of the time people are actually asking me what kind of career should I do or what kind of work am I here to do? And then there's all kinds of like self-worth stuff and like justifying our existence through work and service and earning money that's all wrapped up in that. So sometimes it's just like a big tangled knot of (laughs) stuff that needs to get kind of like worked through to get to the essence of what they actually want to know. But we always get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point where we may think we have a question or we, based on our current level of consciousness, have an idea of of something, but then soul is like, yeah, there's all this bullshit lurking in your subconscious. (laughs) And although you desire that you are in no way an energetic match. So it's time to go on the quest or to beat five levels of the video game in order for you to get there. I always, one of the questions that I always like to ask is what is the deepest wound that needs to be healed? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I learned that from a teacher a few years ago, and that has been coming up for me recently, too, where it's like so much up-leveling. Well, we are in this mastermind together, and we're just our energy is like <laughs> skyrocketing. Yeah. So things come up, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit more, too, about how you said you know, you've been on this spiritual path since you were 18, and I know that for me... When I feel crazy, generally I like I'm on to something good. There's no like logic to it. It just it seems quote unquote random, but logical mind and soul don't often go together. No. What <laughs> no, like let's just be clear on that. Can you talk to me a little bit about like what has been kind of the biggest lesson to really allow you to develop that trust with your soul? Hmm. I think for me, it was giving myself, giving myself permission to lean into that. Cause I spent so long, like the reason it was so uncomfortable. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but I think the ultimate reason it was so uncomfortable for so long, like you couldn't pay me enough to redo my twenties ever. (laughs) I will never go back (laughs) Um, is because I resisted it. And I didn't believe that 
um, I was like, I made myself wrong for having these experiences. Um, so it giving and, and it was wrong in the eyes of other people and what, like how you're supposed to live and what makes you responsible and what makes you, you know, lovable and acceptable and, and all those things. Right. And so, um, when I got to the point where I was like, oh my God, I don't care anymore. Like I, I just need to let myself have this is when it, I don't know, it just released so much resistance. So it just started working better. And that really came through, um, the, the death of my second child when he was 20 days old. Um, that because the ensuing grief was so all consuming and so black, it was so intense. But the interesting thing about grief is that it doesn't, it comes and goes in waves. Like you cannot sustain that state um, permanently. So you get these little breaks. It's a lot like labor, actually, like these really intense <laughs> periods. And then you get a little resting point in between. And whenever I was in the resting point, I was like, like, I literally don't care what anybody thinks, whatever helps me to feel good, I'm doing and I just don't care anymore. And that helped me to like release that those last bits of like worrying about people's judgment. And that's also what sort of like fine tuned my trust in my own gifts and the um, information I was receiving because I could connect with him after he passed away. I sort of realized like, oh, I was connecting with his soul before he was born. Then he was briefly here. And then now he's like, his body's gone, but his soul is still here and I can still feel it. But I knew I couldn't connect if I was like, like, basically it was like, if I, if I chose to invalidate the messages I was receiving from him, then, then they were invalid because I had decided they were invalid. And if I chose to validate them and let them have the power that they had, then then that was equally true. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing was verifiable. Um, it was a very personal experience and I just had to choose to either trust myself and what I was receiving and be happy and feel good in those moments or choose to invalidate it and then return to that state of grief and misery faster. So it would like that really clarified the power of that decision for me, that whole experience. Yeah, I can imagine and just completely like blowing your heart wide open and, yeah. and talk about expectations, obviously, you know, having a child, carrying this child, having this envision of what your life is going to be with this child. And then of course, the reality being so different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are certain things that we can't plan for. And it's just trusting the universe. But I know at times it's like, some people might, you know, for you to be able to deal with it with such strength. And I know you support a lot of other women on their path and their journey. And, and this is part of it. But some people would never be able to get out of the grief. They would always be in this story. Yeah, I meet people. I meet people who are like, like, you know, even decades into the grief. And I, I really feel like the difference is like, believing that, um, believing that this is all there is or that, or feeling like you never really know if you're, you're the, the soul of your loved one. Cause it doesn't have to be a child um, is continues to be with you and around you. Um, 
or not. Like it's, it really comes down to that. Cause if you can connect with the, to me, it feels like a fact that there's more then none of this feels so heavy and awful. It does in its moments, but they're just moments and they pass and then, and then it's okay. Yeah. And I think that that really comes down to what you were saying to the power of decision Mm -hmm. of you making a decision moment to moment that I'm going to feel good in this particular moment and giving yourself permission to do so, because I think as a society, a lot of us hang out in guilt and shame and fear a lot and unworthiness. And that is all consuming. I know you talk about the 20s, like sometimes when I flash back to my 20s, I'm like, yep, that was the thought loop. Guilt, shame, fear, repeat day after day and feeling good was maybe a little bit of that. And now it's completely flipped. And how did you really learn to just be with your decisions to be like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. This is powerful and, and move from there. I mean, it was a process just like anything else. Like, um, you're so right. It's like choosing to decide over and over moment to moment. And sometimes you decide well, and sometimes (laughs) we don't. And, um, but I guess, I guess the thing too is like I have an older child who's now 15 and I could, I also felt very much a strong responsibility to like pull it together for, for him, but not in, um, not in a like fake putting on an act of strength way, but just like, I was like, wow, he's watching me and he's my reason to stay because there were times when I truly, I, I wasn't imagining like planning my suicide, but it felt like such an easy decision to just follow my son who had passed away, just be where he is. And it was like having my older son that took that completely off the table. So anytime it even came into my mind, I was like, well, you can't cause he's here and he's your other everything. And so it was, um, sort of just realizing that like, he was watching me and this was going to impact him for his whole entire life. And so I really, really, I mean, it's this way with him and I, for everything, he just, he means I've raised the bar for myself and I no longer get to, um, I no longer allow myself to indulge in staying in, um, my limiting stories and stuff because I feel the way especially my mom's stories transferred onto me and she's very strong in her own right. So like she's done so much work and continues to do so much work and I love her so much. Um, But I can just see the power and I see it in the readings I do. And even when I was working as a midwife, the way we transfer things through generations. And so I was just like, that's not, I'm not willing to do that. And that just gave it the extra strength to, to really um, get behind my decision. But it was also like for me as well, last year, it was my last year working as a midwife. um, And it was so uncomfortable. It was such like, such the air quotes, wrong decision um, to have accepted that contract it was my dream job that I had dreamed of for years. And it got literally handed to me. Like it was like the universe just giving it to me. And I feel like it was so that I could fulfill that dream and let it go. 
but it was so uncomfortable while I was doing it. And it just feels like my soul kept upping the ante and making it more and more clear that like, if you ignore yourself and what you really want and your own alignment, it's going to hurt more and more and more until you finally just give in. So I finally gave in and, <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> here you are. That's such a beautiful share. And I know, um, even with the study of epigenetics, there's this book called It Doesn't Start With You. And it talks so much about the reason why we operate the way that we do and we have the belief systems is because it is passed down. And so mm -hmm. sometimes when you want a different outcome, a lot of us weren't raised in conscious homes and everyone did the best that they could. It requires you to create new neural pathways, which is literally you changing your brain and you have decades of programming. So just a reminder to all the listeners to be really compassionate with yourself and know that this is an infinite process. Like it's, there's no, there's no finish line. Like there's always work to be done and, and always you can do it just one day at a time. I'd love for you to talk to me a little bit about 3D versus 5D, because this is something I find, especially since COVID has hit, a lot more people are becoming connected to their spirituality. We're hearing these terms a lot more, but um, I know you specialize in this, so I would love to hear it from you. Thank you. I love talking about this. And I will say, I will give the disclaimer that it's a self-proclaimed specialization. So I just feel like I understand it well, although my human self still meets challenges in applying it for sure. But yes, totally. Well, I thought, and I think a lot of people felt this way. So I knew for, for years and years and years that something big was coming in my lifetime, but I didn't know what it was. And there was a point where I started to like doubt if it would ever come and it was fine. And then, and I remember talking about like thinking about um, this shift from 3D to 5D. I vaguely remember the first time I ever heard about it and that kind of made sense in a way that I didn't, couldn't really articulate and it just clarified and clarified. And then, then COVID happened and I was like, oh, here it is. Here we are. Okay. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> this is why I yes. incarnated. Yes, exactly. This is why so many of us incarnated for real. Um, and so the difference to me feels like, and there's nothing wrong with either of them. They're levels of consciousness uh, that we can apply. And, and the third dimension is, is a beautiful realm where um, energy, like source energy, basically fragments itself into bazillions of different um, perspective points, individuated perspectives. And that includes humans and all other life on earth or any other 3D realms. And um, we experience things like um, our senses. We experience um, evolution through time and space. It's really the 3D realm is a beautiful place. 3D consciousness is like linear thinking where if you wanted, it's like goal setting and then following through in a very logical way. So like for those people who feel like I want to be, um, you know, 
I, I want to be successful. I want to have so much money in the bank by such and such time. Um, my brain equates that with having a career such as um, that of a lawyer or um, a financial consultant or something like that. And so I am going to pick my high school classes based on that, based on getting into a university program that leads me through that track. And then I'm going to check these things off the list along the way. And it's going to all happen in a very sequential manner. Um, and then 5D is the understanding that as soon as we dream it and desire it, it's already birthed through us. And that uh, we don't actually have to do the heavy lifting. Um, we just have to sort of like folk, allow ourselves to focus on what it is that we're envisioning or feeling for ourselves and sort of let go of all of those nonsense limiting programs that convince us that we can't have it and follow these random directions that it gives or seemingly random along this scenic route that leads us to the fulfillment of whatever we're desiring, whatever goal we have. And the fulfillment is always like umpteen trillion times better than what our minds could have created. And an analogy that I feel is really um, apt for it is like, if you're playing, you know, old school, like Super Mario Brothers, where they have the little Goombas and you hop over the boxes with the and you hit the question mark. And it's like, going all the way through every level of Mario land and hitting the boxes and whatever. And that's how you beat the world. And 5d is like hitting a box that isn't, is invisible and it like sprouting a beanstalk that you take to cloud world. And then you go down a tunnel and you collect a whole bunch of coins. And then you go through a different tunnel and you come to the end and there you've, you've completed the world. It's like, you don't have to go through all of these linear sequential steps you can if you want to that can be fun too but there's magical little portals all over the place that like speed the process up and um bring us closer to what our desire the fulfillment of our desire oh i love that and also i just love Mar <laughs> mario brothers so what a perfect analogy <laughs> um so beautifully said and i think that a lot of people in myself, I was guilty of this too, where we've been told for so long that if you want X result, you have to do these steps. Yeah. And it's actually really interesting. So right before I was on a call with my coach and like, we never talk about steps. And as she's my business coach, it's like, what are your thoughts and your feelings? And then we look at that in my limiting beliefs and we move yeah. energy and then randomly I'll get like a hit. It's like, oh, post this on social or reach out to this person. And then randomly, I randomly, aka the soul is like, here you go. You've now like access the super level and you get all the bonus points. Yes. So that's really fun. And I used to have a corporate mindfulness business and it was so interesting because I've always been esoteric and I'm a big student of Kundalini where everything is about energy and vibration. And so 
I remember I would have these like male mentors who were like older and they're like fifties. And it was like, you need to do this and get up at 5am and blah, blah, blah. And then people were like, you have to do things for free. And I'm like, none of this sounds good to me. And you know, all of my clients were fortune 500 and I just kept like upping the prices and I'm like, ah, people keep paying this. I'm going to keep doing it. And if people weren't a fit, I'm like, eh, there's always more. But I think sometimes we have this mindset of old school thinking where, Oh, like if you don't do this, you're missing an opportunity and da, 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 da. But what I want to say to everyone listening is that nothing that doesn't feel good is required Mm -hmm. because the reason why there are millions of businesses and strategies and mindsets is because any way of working that you can think of is possible. Yeah. So it's like choose your own adventure, Mario Kart style, but choose your own adventure by listening to your soul. And I think some of the most challenging work or the purpose of life is really loving yourself, connecting to your soul. And despite what other people say of, oh, it has to be this way, or you have to take this step, trusting yourself and having courage to follow through of what your soul is saying. And then the rewards are next level. Totally. And I think the reason that that is, is because our brains are so much more powerful than we realize. And they've been conditioned through a lot of really intense messaging that like we've received for generations from all areas of life and society um, to, to make us create through like we receive imagery symbols um, verbal messages subliminal messages musical messages all this kind of stuff and it kind of harnesses our creative power and we just take it in to be true and then we um we I see it as like we are the renderers of the the game so like we're just taking energy patterns that already exist and we are interpreting them and projecting them outward and creating this holographic reality in a simulation, but it's an, it's an organic simulation. Um, I don't think we're in a game, but it's kind of similar to a game. Um, But, and, and all of the subliminal programming we get about like, you know, how we're not beautiful enough, how we're not thin enough, how we're not smart enough, how, you know, whatever, all of those stories of not enoughness, not good enoughness, um, they, they harness our creative energy and produce um, the world that we see around us. But our minds are so, we can create literally anything. And, and so I feel like that's why soul has the ability to offer us rewards. Like it's not just a beautiful thought, like, Oh, if you align with soul, then you get all these, um, you know, these rich reward experiences. It's like, because your soul understands the rules of the simulation, it understands the game and it understands how to, um, create outside of those weird boxes that we've put ourselves in. Um, and, and we're just, the reason we're all sort of stuck in 3D thinking and very linear thinking, like you have to take this strategy, this is what's worked for me, so this is what will work for you, and you have to rigidly follow it, um, I think is because we've just been programmed to believe that that's 
all there is. And that's the guaranteed way of getting where we want to go. But our soul is like, no, (laughs) not accurate. (laughs) Yeah. There's this meme on Instagram and it's like this little kid on a roller coaster and it's like spirit got what my spirit guides are like, trust me. And it's like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I kind of, that's how I feel like at least half the time. And even I want to talk a little bit more about emotions because I know like you recently said something so beautiful about anxiety and it as a teacher. And for those of you who haven't listened before, I often talk about the scale of consciousness, which is something that this wonderful man, David Hawkins created where he muscle tested a number of emotions, I think 22, maybe 24, it ranges from zero to a thousand, a thousand being enlightenment, but the very lowest vibration that we can feel is shame. Yeah. And it's at a 20 vibration of 20 love is at 500. So there's a massive, massive difference in rabbit and in resonance. So what you're able to do when you're doing something, whether it be you know, your relationship, whether it be your job and you're doing it out of shame versus love, it's going to be a major, major difference. And our emotions are huge indicators whether or not we are really in alignment with our soul, which soul is just like joy and fun and like hell yes vibes. So I love to hear kind of of your input on that and, and your experience. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. I had never actually heard of that scale, so I'm totally going to go binge research it after we're done talking. Um, so good. I agree so much. I feel like it almost honestly doesn't even matter what we do with our lives um, as much as it matters, like the the emotional energy that's motivating it. And I, I feel like whenever I'm manifesting something, the thoughts are important but the feelings are more important for me anyway, because the feelings feel like the charge that either draw it in or repel it. Um, and so say, if, so when I chose to become a midwife, I chose to become a midwife because I literally love pregnancy and babies and mothers and families and that whole, the whole thing. I love it so much. Um, And so when I found out that midwives were a real thing and I had a midwife for um, all of my um, prenatal care myself for all three of my children. And when I had my first midwife, she was like an angel and the experience completely changed my life. And I thought, and she told me I should be a midwife because I handled it so well. And so I thought, well, this is the perfect fit. What I didn't realize was that behind it, what was motivating it was a fear that I would never be able to make money with my own gifts. So having a career was like a safe, responsible choice. And then when I actually got accepted into the program, having everybody in my life who is very 3D thinking be like, oh, finally, we don't have to worry about Amy anymore. She's finally gotten on board and she's going to do something normal and respectable that, you know, everybody's like, well done, Amy. This is really important work. Like, oh, it's such an incredible thing that you're doing. And, um, and it, it was a little bit hard to tease it apart um, because it was really in alignment with my interests, my passions and my gifts, but the motivation behind it was to be loved and accepted and good enough and feel safe. And like, I was going to make 
money. And so then it's no real surprise that ultimately it, it wasn't a great fit. And then I found out like, no, no, I'm really entrepreneurial and I'm very artistic and creative and I don't fit into any box and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there are a lot of um, soul aligned careers that fit within a pre-constructed role. But for me, it wasn't a good fit. And it's not that the midwifery was wrong or that, that line of work, it was the the motivation behind it that led rather than becoming a doula, for example, and just having my own business and not worrying about certifications and licensure and all that stuff. Um, I chose midwifery because I wanted to feel that security and that acceptability and not have to figure out how to run a business. So I just feel like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really doesn't matter what we do with our lives. But we do, I think um, in the, like in the heights of like joy and love and almost like ecstatic sense of like unity with all other creation, that's what it desires for us. So that's why those lower emotions, um, I think that's just why they don't feel, they don't feel good. They feel uncomfortable. They're, they're just indicators that that's not in alignment for us and we're trying to like hammer ourselves into this little you know too small of an idea of who we are and what we can have and do and be yeah I think that's such an important point and also the heart always knows Mm -hmm. like the heart is expansion the heart is the soul your brain and your thought patterns are all from the past and so many of us have been conditioned to think in a very linear way and so I always feel that when I'm having like the fear and the doubt, it's just soul is not on board and has like, I'm not (laughs) entertaining these bullshit thoughts. So when you want to come back, I'll be over here. And I'm like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think you made this an important point too that you shared of and I know that this happens a lot with my clients and, and a lot of people not having this belief of not being able to make money with your own gifts, because this is probably, you know, the first cup our generation or the generation before where people really started to get into entrepreneurialism and it's never been easier. I mean, yeah. there's so many opportunities of how you can create a beautiful business online, but I want to kind of tie that back into what you brought up earlier of past lives, or I've also heard of parallel lives. Yes. Maybe talk a little bit about how th- how that might be impacting how we show up today and whether or not we are are living from our gifts. Yeah, for sure. So, so yes, time is a confusing thing, kind of because I think probably yourself and probably most, if not all, of your listeners have probably had an experience where you can feel that time isn't actually linear or it's not just linear. Um, but we we are the processors that break it down in a linear sequential manner. That's our brain that does that. But everything is happening in this ever-evolving, ever-shifting, like wholly suspended moment of now. And um, including all of our past lives, but but they also occur on a timeline according to like history as we understand it. Um, And it's part of the choose your own adventure. It's like just different circumstances and whatever. So I find that when past lives are really affecting somebody, 
and really blocking them, they can usually tell because they've been doing a lot of work. They brought a lot of consciousness and lucidity to an area that's been asking for healing. And yet there's still a piece that doesn't want to give. And it's very, um, like they can't break through into manifesting what they, what they desire. And they can feel that that it's calling through them. It wants to come, but there's some deeper, like really deeply embedded in the layers of their um, unconscious. There's some belief or experience that's wanting to be seen and, and sort of, I don't know, it's like healed and then transmuted and released. Um, it just wants to be acknowledged and it's, they can't find it in this timeline of this incarnation. So that's why they're, they're not able to actually break through it. And I find that when people, especially if they come already with that area of, in question, if they come to an Akashic reading, we can usually zero in on, on where that buried memory is. And sometimes it's in childhood too, but often it's in a past life and it has to do, um, like, for example, for somebody who really, 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 no matter how much, um, rewiring they they do around the belief that they can receive money <clears throat> in exchange for their gifts if they're not seeing any real um external shifts to reflect the amount of um, work that they're doing then it might be something in their past lives and it might be something like um experiencing for example like during there there's this whole intense period of um sort of like the the roman catholic um inquisition that lasted for a long time like 500 years or something like that and people were did not have free speech which is why free speech is so important now um and they everybody was so afraid that people would often kind of rat each other out um, they were so motivated by fear and survival and like fear of like uh, like torture and imprisonment and being executed. And so if a person was living during that time and was falsely accused of heresy and was imprisoned and had all, all of like their business taken away and their livelihood and everything like that, and that had never been resolved, that energy of like fear that if I build something up, it could be taken away for something that I have no idea what it is and I didn't like... Do you know what I mean? Just that like deep, deep feeling of insecurity um, that just might just need to be seen so that it can be released and, and kind of acknowledged. It's like, you know, whenever, whenever we had something done to us, like such an important process of being human. And this is one of the reasons there's so many of us is because being witnessed is really powerful. And sometimes we just have to witness ourselves. But like when some, when we have somebody acknowledge what we went through, it relieves so much tension. It's like that part that is like rallying for somebody else to see it um, kind of like gets its fill and then it can just sort of be released. And so, and sometimes we just have to do that for ourselves um, through like a past life reading and, and that kind of stuff. Mm, I love that. That is like very deep, very powerful and also simple you know, sometimes when people think, oh my God, I have this belief, I don't want to look at it, but it's just all you really need to do is is look at it and be like, oh, is this real? Is this true? Yeah. No. And then you got to let it go. And sometimes we make it 
so scary in our minds of, oh, like I have this story or belief and I'm never going to be free of it. But I think this is a good example. And especially if people want more support working with somebody like you to just remove the charge, remove all the energy that they've plugged into this unconsciously for so long. Yeah, that's exactly it. The charge is the perfect word. It's just charged up emotionally and it wants to be released. And it's like when you see it and you can like let it go, it's kind of like finding, you know, if you go see a massage therapist and they find like a trigger point in your muscle and they like push on it and it really hurts. And then all of a sudden it just relaxes and releases and that pain is gone. It's really it's really similar. It's like bringing that pain up to the surface and it feels really overwhelming and really intense for a brief period. And there's like an emotional release of some kind. And then, and then it's just dissipated and it doesn't, the charge is gone. Yeah. I kind of explain it for myself. Like I've done a lot of deep work recently, like always and never ends, but (laughs) feeling it kind of feels like an air mattress being deflated and almost like a swirl of energy leaving from my heart. And it's just a relief. And sometimes I feel like really tired if it was a super deep belief where it was like, no, this is my reality. And it's like, no. This is a bullshit story that you've unconsciously been feeding. And then the energy needs to rearrange in your body because it was like attached to this one spot for so long. But then you'll never look at that particular belief the same way again. And it's so magical. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about manifestation and specifically what is your favorite thing that you've ever manifested into the physical world? Oh my gosh, it was my daughter. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. That one was a doozy, as you could imagine, because it has she. So she's like um, my youngest. So she followed the one that passed away, and it. And I think I shared with you, like I have this whole, I have my own whole past life, like stuff around um, having children, and um, that. So that one was tricky, and it was a really it was like such a triumph to manifest her. And I'm still like soaking it all up all the time. Like to just, just snuggle with her and watch her. I'm, I'm like, Oh, like that actually has come into fruition and it's in my life. Um, but yeah, it was so tricky because so, so what happens for me is, um, I don't have infertility issues or anything. I get pregnant and carry pregnancies very easily. Um, the, the thing that happened with my second child was I, I just got rear-ended in traffic like early in my pregnancy and it caused a problem with the placenta. And um, But so I don't have infertility, but I really relate to people who do because I keep <laughs> choosing partners who do not want children. And it's like, so it's, it's confusing to me still, even though I've done a lot of past life healing around it. And naturally the, um, my husband, after we lost our son, he, you know, was like, I don't want to put myself in the way of potentially feeling that pain ever again. So I don't want any more children. And I had to like find that middle ground of, I like, it felt so real and it was such a, profound triggering of a very, very powerful, emotionally charged fear that I had. And it took months. I mean, it only took a year. In hindsight, it feels very short, but at the time it felt 
so long because I didn't know if it would ever shift. But I had to like figure out how to see it as an illusion, like a boogeyman, and that I could like put my hand right through it. Like it wasn't solid. And that like I had to do all the internal shifting, take all the onus off him, make it not about him at all, and and come to this place where I was like, oh my gosh, this is between me and God. Like I want more children. I don't know how it's coming, but I believe that I wouldn't want this if it wasn't to be. And that like God knows how to do it. God will find a way. And, um, and it took so many layers of like releasing and letting it go and surrendering to having no idea when or how, or even if it would ever show up. And finally, when I like the final piece was like really, truly letting it go and choosing my like choosing to not leave my relationship for that reason, um, because it felt like a deal breaker. And I remember getting to this point where I was like, but we like we haven't even really had a chance because we just went through all this intensity together. And we like we we deserve a chance to just be together without there being like an, an issue or a pain or like, you know, we would always have the grief, but without it being like the focus point. Um, and when I chose that, it was like a week later that he, I got pregnant. It was so fast, but I know it was that final piece of surrendering to like literally just being like, well, God and soul, you know how this is going to work. And I am, I, relinquish any attempts to micromanage it or control it in any way anymore or be conditional around like enjoying my life whether it comes in or not Mm, that's so so beautiful so powerful and I know a lot of people really struggle with the concept of surrender and I think you just said something really well that you know, it's like you're trying to micromanage the universe or God or whatever you believe in. And it's just like, "Mm." (laughs) does that really make logical sense for you to micromanage the universe that is filled with unlimited possibilities? And just for those of you who, who, who are listening and you're like struggling, and again, you have this concept of this is the way that life should be, I really invite you to just relax. And even if it's a five minute practice a day, like play in with questions of what if, you know, what if this does work out? What if this is better than anything I imagine? What if it gets to be easy? Because a lot of us also love to suffer (laughs) and guilty of this as well. And just um, to know how powerful you really, really are. Um, Where can people find you yeah I'm mostly on Instagram Um, my handle is at the north star dot love and um, I also have a free Facebook group called soul space where I show up a lot that's where I'm the most interactive my Instagram stories but by far soul space I do um, almost daily lives in there and uh, weekly tarot and oracle readings for the collective it's a fun place to be um 
And I also have a podcast called Third Eye Awakening, and it's about spiritual and psychic awakening, um, really created to open up a conversation, an inclusive conversation for anybody who's going through all of that intensity, especially if you feel really alone and you're questioning your own sanity and um, like just to sort of validate that like you're, it's okay. You're just waking up to the fact that there's more more here than what we're generally taught there is. I love that so much. Well, this was so amazing. I so appreciate you and all of your beautiful knowledge. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Come soak up extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Michelle Pound or visiting my website at michellepound.com. Remember, you're just one thought away and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.